Welcome to Ordinary Prayers, where ordinary people pray through scripture. Be calm. Be mindful. These four words are especially useful to remember in a time where concerns about health, income, and future seek to consume our sense of hope. But I want to help you move those words from your vocabulary down into your soul. To do this, I've invited friends to join me in the practice of Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina literally means divine reading. It is a traditional monastic practice of reading and meditating upon scripture, where we read the words, not to study them, but to allow them to speak to us, so we might hear the voice of God speaking to us in them. Be calm, relax, breathe deeply and slowly. Be mindful of the presence of God in your life as we listen. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds to listen. Praying with me today is Laura, Liam, Janelle. Please join me in prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, enlighten my heart and mind so I might listen to your word. Okay, relax again. Breathe deeply. Relax your muscles. A reading from Psalm 118, verse 14 through 24. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them, 
and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have be, you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So each of you share with me now just what word or phrase caught your attention in that first reading. I responded to open and enter. Hmm. Um, I liked the phrase, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Hmm. And I liked um, the stone that was rejected becomes like cornerstone. So let's go back down, breathe, relax. is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Mm-hmm. 
So why don't you share with me some of the thoughts as you meditated on these words, what we're going through and what spoke to you. This is just such a reassuring, beautiful, hope-filled verse um, or verses. Um, it's just beautiful. And for me, um, I just felt this deep sense of that, you know, God is showing us the way to him and he's showing us um, and guiding us directly to this magnificent place that he has set for us. And he has control of it all. Ultimately, it's not in our control. It's all in his control. And we just need to trust and follow and be calm and um, faithful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, for me, the first time we went through it, I thought a lot about how it spoke on bravery and um, holding your character um, even when things get hard. Mm. And it kept saying the right hand of the Lord. So you're with the Lord if you hold strong and are brave. Then mm -hmm. the second and third time, um, I heard the phrase, this is the Lord's doing. And I thought about how people constantly are like, oh no, that's not a miracle. That's just a coincidence. Oh no, it's just something that happened. But no, everything that happens is in the Lord's doing. Mm -hmm. And it's all under his control. Like Laura said, if we just are brave and are strong, then everything will turn out because he has a plan. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think too, I really heard like the first time I, the part about the cornerstone really spoke to me. And the part about that was at this time of Easter that to me, it was talking about Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. that the builder had rejected the stone that, that stone becomes the cornerstone. So, and that if you kind of stay with the course and, and, you know, like Laura was saying, and both of you said, you know, um, kind of trusting that, that the Lord is guiding you there. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, what's really interesting is when you had said that after the first reading, um, that wasn't the words that caught me in my in the first reading, but in the second reading, I thought about it a whole lot more. And, you know, we think of that phrase, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. We think about that as Jesus. Clearly, it's it's Jesus in fulfillment. Um, but it, it hit me, like, really personal, of just, like, knowing, you know, if I'm the stone that's been rejected— I will become a chief cornerstone. You know, that there was just something of moving and saying, okay, 
this is this is good for me you know this is good for me um and uh um that's that was interesting and i didn't it was good that you said that part uh liam about the right hand of the lord does valiantly um um explained that some more because i when you first said that i'm just like oh that why, why did that really you know it yeah. um i don't know i just i felt like especially right now it's important to be brave and it's mm. important to try your hardest and i thought the right hand of the lord to me sounded like heaven or like uh being at the side of the lord or being close with the lord and then for me, valiantly meant, like, be brave and, like, stay steadfast. So if you stay brave and are steadfast and true to yourself, then you're going to heaven. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So what, is, like, what does bravery mean right now in a shelter-in experience? Um, personally, I think uh, it's putting aside your differences with those around you and not tearing each other's heads off. <laughs> all grouped up here, easy to just get really frustrated and get mad at each other. But I think being brave is supporting each other for where we're at in this experience. Mm-hmm. So if you're really worried about it, support each other through that. Or if it's not as important to you, support each other through that and just try to get through it together and be brave for each other, not only for yourself. Mm-hmm. Laura, you were talking about um, inspiration and knowing things are in God's hands at this time. Um, how does that how does that speak to what's going on in your life right now? Well, um, I mean, I work with families of of dying people, and I guess for me, it's kind of a new way of doing my job where I am strictly on the phone, I'm not in person, and I have to rely on and just focus on what families are saying and the grief that they're feeling and the distance that they're feeling. And it's really just practicing empathy 100%, which is always part of my job, but I feel like it's even more so right now. And also just having a lot of respect for the managers and the healthcare providers that are that are really having to figure this out right now. I'm just a peon doing what they say, but they're having to figure out the nuts and bolts of how to do the work and and trying to be positive for them and just keep doing the work and being empathic and not just being, you know, oh, I don't care. I can't do my job right now. I just, I don't, I don't care anymore. I don't have that option, and I'm, I'm stretching myself to do that. So, is that really? Um, how is that working for par- uh, for family members and not being able to be present with a dying loved you know, ones? Thank you for asking. Yeah, I feel like most people are incredibly understanding and actually are grateful that we're not out there making visits and spreading germs and what have you. And, um, you know, I'm just doing my best to advocate for their loved one from where I'm sitting at home. And I'm trying to be creative in doing that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
people, for the most part, are very, very grateful for mm. that. I, I do. I also, you know, work in with hospice and some of the families that I have talked to where I've only been able to talk to the caregiver because the patient is in a nursing home or assisted living. And it, I think it is really hard for those families where, um, especially if their loved one has dementia mm. and they can't, there's, you know, they may be able to talk with them, but they won't often won't remember after a certain amount of time, and they don't understand why their loved one isn't coming in. And so I've heard just some. I've had families break down in tears with me on the phone, you know, because I, I think that's the hardest thing for them. Right. Is it is just now all almost all facilities have to not allowing any visits at all right. with families. Right. So, and very minimal visits with healthcare workers where our nurses were, you know, I again, I've seen notes of nurses that are connecting the patient and their family member with their phone, you know, and uh, the patient may have the phone but couldn't normally call a family member and or connecting our music therapist or spiritual yeah. care. And, and then they started a lot of those facilities now have said no to nurses. Mm. And so that one little connection that was there, we're, they're starting to lose that also. Right. It's been really neat to hear families that are trying to be creative themselves about, for example, visiting um, the family member will be outside visiting through the window and peeking in on the patient and just, trying to maintain some kind of connection yeah, like visual connection. And, and really seeing some beautiful things in that way yeah hey janelle the, you know you brought up the staff how how does that impact the staff i mean the, the emotional journey because that's that's difficult yeah well and i i think because i i think for the staff and laura you could probably speak to this too but not only is it difficult to see their patients in that way, but I think that those staff members also have their own fears. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I know of nurses that are single parents and mm -hmm. so they're going out there and they're with patients and then they have to go home, you know, and, and possibly bring, I mean, there's, there's also that fear, I think mm -hmm. with, with the staff and, you know, um, but again, I think, you know, people, caregivers, and a bit. We all, I think the, the thing about this is we all kind of had to let go. So that whole thing that we don't have control of it. Right. And so, you know, I think with this, this, you know, um, passage really kind of talks about, you know, it's like letting go, letting go and, and, and then you just, it's like, okay, we just have to be creative and figure out a new way. Because, right. you know, this is for the long term, you know, right. I, the short term. So. Yeah, it's interesting, um, you know, because Liam, when Liam was talking about, um, you know, just kind of that, the bravery, but knowing that God's in control kind of thing. And it was funny, it was hitting me as he was talking. I'm just like going, oh, um, yeah, I mean, 
God's not in control of everything. And then I'm like, well, oh, yeah, I don't know. It's not that God's not in control. I just don't want to give up that control. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just going and playing that back over in, in, in my head and thinking about how much of life is out of control. I mean, just right now, it's kind of forcing us to look at that, right? You know? Well, I think another part that, I don't know, I guess I was kind of taking it for granted, but just how the kids have really just kind of gone, okay, this is how it is, mm -hmm. you know, and have really kind of risen to the occasion as far as having to do school from home, having to not see their friends, you know, and virtual music lessons, dance lessons, yeah, etc. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 to me, I mean, they have really kind embraced of embraced it. Yeah. How, how, how is that? Has it been tough, Liam, um, losing oh, yeah. the kind of rhythm of the day? So it's so weird. Um, so I'm basically nocturnal now. Um, so uh, that's that's different. Um, but I guess I'm using now as like, you know, they say spring cleaning. I'm doing a mental spring cleaning. Hmm. I'm trying to focus because I can't do anything else. What am I supposed to do? Watch Netflix again? No, I've already done that. So I'm mentally trying to collect myself and using this time to connect with me and my spirituality and all of that stuff and just trying to support my friends from a distance. I do miss them, but I'm not going to break out of the house and try to see them. So right. I just, I kind of have to check up on them when I can virtually and just try to reassure them that we're going to get through this. And I think the hardest, one of the hardest things for Liam is that Liam is a physical hugger person <laughs> and his friends are normally giving him so much like love. And I mean, he's I like did. starving. I'm for starving <laughs> for affection. Somebody so, me. so we, we had this, um, couple weeks ago, I had this, I just, oh, I just came up with this great idea, you know, that we would have Palm Sunday service in the parking lot and everyone would stay in their cars. And you would drive by the office and we would hand out palms and the palms we would stick into the, on your wind, between your windshield wiper and the window, and then just drive by, you know, and then, and then, um, and then, you know, move the, and, you know, we would be there and then we would you know, zoom the service in so you could see people and all this stuff. And, um, and then I just sat there and I threw this out and I'm, I'm on this roll. I'm just thinking this is the greatest idea ever. And then, uh, somebody just goes, how are you going to keep that hugging congregation? Bring them right next to each other and tell them not to hug and be around each other. You know, I mean, there's two things. One, they wouldn't listen to me. And two, you know, we just can't. It would be mean to bring people that close and not allow them to be close. And then all of a sudden they had this news flash. I'm like going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to end up on the evening news as the biggest violator. <laughs> so, but, 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 but talk something about that. I mean. I mean, we can joke about that, and we can say, "Okay, yeah, Liam's a hugger and stuff like that." But we're, we're we kind of all are, aren't we? And 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 what does it feel like not to have physical touch? 
Well, okay, so my love language is obviously touch. And, like, for different people, it's a different thing. So, I guess I just have to remember that other people show affection in different ways. They don't necessarily want to on 24-7. No, I may want to do that. They probably don't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've... <laughs> <laughs> I run up to Laura and I go, give me love. And she usually hugs me back. But I have to remember that sometimes when she's cooking dinner, I can't just, you know, climb up on her like a tree. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. It's okay. Because, like, I don't have, like, at school, I can just be in a library and then I get, like, 15 hugs. Right. But at home, there's, like, four people and three animals that I can love on. So... They can only take so much of me, so I have to, <laughs> to space it out. <laughs> yeah, it, it is difficult for me, at least. There was something here in that, uh, I'd just maybe just quickly respond to this one. The last line that we read in the psalm, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, what does that say to you? I think, you know, in la- even with all the horrible things that are going on right now, I think just being grateful and, and kind of for, you know, what I have and, and for the parts, you know, those are the pe- the people in my life and, and, you know, it's like, because that, that hit me too, actually, and I think part of it was being so close to the other. But you know, just that, just being grateful. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, we—I don't know if you know this, but in Sunday school or VBS, we sung a song. This is the day that the Lord has made, like seventy times. So that brought me back to VBS and sunscreen and bug spray. So I thought, I thought that like, you know, while it's hard, we got to still remember that God is still in control and yeah, it's really difficult, but somehow we're going to pull through and we're going to have to accept the little miracles and the little things that we get along the way. Um, and those are great things as well, just because the pandemic isn't over doesn't mean that no miracles are happening. Like, hey, you got up. That's a little miracle. Like, me getting up before 12, that's a little miracle. So, like, you got to accept the little things because God's still in control and he's still showing his light to us. We just have to look harder to find it. And I guess for me, you know, when I sit down at my little desk and my little computer and I prepare to do my whatever work I have for the day, I'll just say a short little prayer, Holy Spirit, work through me today. And I just need to trust and know that God is going to work through me. And that's going to be a positive thing, whatever that looks like. You know, just because I'm not out visiting patients and meeting with families, it doesn't mean that my work is less important you know, are valuable. And um, being here for my family, too, is important. And just to help me be very present 
with what I'm doing and intentional in what I'm doing each day. Right. I'm going to close this off in prayer. All right. Thank you very much for sharing. But let us pray. Gracious God, the way of faith is to persevere through a contemplative practice without worrying about where we are on the journey, without comparing ourselves with others, or judging others' gifts as better than ours. We can be spared all this nonsense if we surrender ourselves to the divine action, whatever that psychological content of our prayer may be. In faith, the results are often hidden even from those who are growing the most. The divine light of faith is totally available in the degree we consent and surrender ourselves to its presence and action within. This night we pray over this house that you might help them persevere and be brave through these days ahead, that they might be strength through you to others. And when they find themselves in a point of weakness, be strength to them. Move them, open their hearts, so that they might receive you, and in receiving you, be strengthened to share you. We pray that you would watch over them this night and guide them into the new day, into the coming day, with hope, joy, and the reality of a new beginning that each day brings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.